This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets against the Ottawa Senators. And we are here to break down the Jets situation going into tonight's game on a six-game losing streak. But hopefully better days ahead. As always, we are brought to you by our incredible sponsors, Not Autocorp Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Cool Bet Canada does our lines, Breezy Bend, and we've got two brand new sponsors to officially welcome on board today, Assiniboia Downs, and we did talk Derby a little bit on Friday, so we got ahead of that, and we told you on Friday about the new addition to the Winnipeg Sports Talk sponsor family, and we are so excited to have Assiniboia Downs and Little Brown Jug on board with us. Let's get in Michael Remus right now. Remo, I think Remo's rocking the Little Brown Jug t-shirt we got amongst a package um, that was there for us on Saturday afternoon down at um, their their great spot, man. What a what an awesome little location. We had some people outside enjoying some beers on the patio outside, socially distanced. Got to see what was going on inside and uh, all the incredible beers they have that we'll be telling you with as we go forward with the little brown jug on board, Remo. That was a nice to see you and the fam on the weekend. And uh, holy smokes, what a great spot for uh, our newest partners at Little Brown Jug. Yeah, I'm here repping the uh, Little Brown Jug t-shirt. As you can tell, I just got a haircut today, so no hat no hat for me, but I have the hat they gave us in the back. We got the Influencer Pack. Uh, yeah. I felt, I felt really special uh, for getting that. There it is. Beautiful, I'll be wearing uh, that piece. probably tomorrow. Uh, what are the chances that we both got haircuts on the same day, literally within an hour apart? Are we spending so much time together? We're now getting lives on – I mean, listen, I know our lives are on very different schedules on most times during the week, but somehow – Maybe we were. Maybe we just wanted to be extra presentable, welcoming on ASD and Little Brown Jug to Winnipeg Sports Talk. So we both scheduled Monday morning haircuts. By the way, shout out to Jared down at Hunter and Gun. Great to see him and uh, all the people down at the barbershop. It's also a great place to get hot jet takes before another show, especially with the team mired in a six-game losing streak. Reem, everyone's got an opinion right now. Six-game losing streak. I saw. Uh, TSN, you know, on the Stats Center Twitter page put out, you know, recent lengthy losing streaks for the Jets since they moved from Atlanta. And I couldn't help but notice one of those losing streaks uh, resulted in a coach getting fired on January of 2014. So I don't think we're going to see that here. I know a lot of people in the chat here and other chats uh, from, you know, Kenny and Rennie, uh, Illegal Curve on their YouTube chats. People are fired up. Marat. Is it fielding questions um, on his fire mailbags at the Athletic? And apparently, someone listened to Murad on here and threw him a sub. So uh, I guess we got some kind of uh, magical powers. So appreciate whoever told Murad well, it was thanks. Well, to, honestly, thanks to the show. support we've had, I did see that in the Athletic, and it's awesome. I mean, we've said before. I mean, Murad's always very kind to us with his time. But I mean, if you're a Jets fan, you're reading Murad Atesh in the Athletic, and. Um, um, I did see that um, that bit that he tweeted out. So, anyways, it's great to see people maybe getting introduced to some new um, writers or co- commentators that they hadn't seen before through the program. Um, most importantly, it's great to have them enjoying uh, what they do with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk every day. So, this is going to work a little different today. Often, we'll kind of come right out of the gate with our first guest, 
Mike McIntyre is going to join us today. And like we did last Monday, we're only going to have one guest because uh, there's just so much to get to around this hockey club. Remo and I have a bunch of topics we're going to talk about coming up over the course of the next half hour or so. We'll certainly be welcoming all of your feedback in the chat right now. Um, because I have a feeling there's many questions that you all want to ask as well about this Winnipeg Jets team coming out of uh, just a dreadful result on Monday against the Montreal Canadiens. We'll spend some time talking about that game in a minute. Um, But I'll tell you what, considering we're getting going right now with it, a couple messages for our sponsors. Cinnaboy Downs, um, you know, hope you enjoyed the Derby. Shout out to Medina Spirit, who got the win. Unfortunately, was not on that horse. But live racing returns to Assiniboy Downs, spectator-free, on Monday, May 17th. So that's two weeks today, um, with a first parade of post at 7.20 p.m. This season will again feature large wagering pools, setting up the chance for a big score. You can watch and wager on Canada's largest legal horse racing wagering site, hpibet.com. It only takes a few minutes to open an account, and you are off to the races and Reem, I got to tell you, one of the great things that we're going to be doing on WST throughout the summer for live racing nights is you and I will be making some picks and we will be going head to head throughout the year and we'll be able to see how we do head to head against each other and maybe even against uh, some listeners as well. So you're going to sh- have to uh, sharpen up on your on your handicapping over the next couple of weeks before we get to the first day of racing on the 17th. I don't know uh, what I'm doing when it comes to uh, picking the horses, but I know we're going to have someone from the Downs come in and maybe give us a crash course and give our listeners, and we'll have that as a separate video on YouTube. But I'm just going to go with whoever's got the coolest name. I think that's that's the way to do it. If there's a, a tie, just pick the best name. I know horses always have uh, have good names, so I don't think you can go wrong there. That's a, a winning strategy to me. Um, now, as far as our friends at Little Brown Jug, we officially welcomed them on. I will tell you that of the, I mean, we're going to be sampling and showing off a few of the wonderful items they have. But to me, this is this is the gold standard dream of the local brews, the 1919. I had actually had a couple of Confusion Corner on the weekend on tap in the beautiful tulip glass. And the other one that I got into this week, and I believe I'm pronouncing this right, is the Hefeweizen. The Hefeweizen, yeah, very good. You're seeing that a little bit better on right now. There we go, the Hefeweizen. So, um, but those are my favorites so far. I haven't gotten through all of them, but they've got a great Mother's Day package. I, like many of you, wait a sec, what? It's May? Okay, well, we had to wake up to that. It is also um, Mother's Day coming up, and our friends at Little Brown Jug have a great Mother's Day package. If anyone deserves a beer, it is mom. And that little brown jug has a Mother's Day gift basket and a unique way to thank them for everything they do. And they've teamed up with Matola Grocery for this. Package includes uh, parts coconut milk chocolate, sugar joy candles, public goods lavender and vanilla candle, a decorative pampas grass bundle, and uh, the good stuff. The little brown jug good times variety pack, little brown jug camping mug, the little brown jug tulip glass. Now, packages will be made available for home delivery or pickup from the tap room. That's where we were on the weekend, 336 William Avenue on Friday and Saturday this week. Just go to littlebrownjug.ca, head to the store page for more 
information. And I can't tell you, in addition to that, um, you know, whether it's the beer packs, they do have some great merch, as I mentioned. Look at that beautiful leather brown hat. Um, so anyways, welcome aboard to Little Brown Jug. And folks, if you're looking for a great way to get ahead of Mother's Day or just find out more about their home delivery options, whatnot, go to littlebrownjug.ca or pop down and see them closed on Mondays, but they'll be back open 12 to 6 tomorrow, longer hours on the weekend over there at 336. William, um, all right, we got the chat popping right now for everyone that's with us live. Mike McIntyre coming up a little bit later. Uh, quite a bit of Jets uh, news to get to today. We will see Loren Brassois starting tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. But Remo, let me ask you this right off the bat. Um, and down goes Brown had a neat piece today in The Athletic. And the, the synopsis was this. Slumps come and go you know, over the course of hockey seasons. But the question I think some Jet fans are asking, especially after Friday night, is when is a slump no longer a slump and has turned into something worse? And I don't know. I mean, it is just six games. And, you know, before these six games, the Jets had, I believe, won five of six. And, you know, we were all fired up on this program and around this city talking about, geez, are they going to be able to go? And you've got the Leafs come into town. We could be talking about a first-place hockey club by the end of the week. We could be talking about a North Division banner. Well, how quickly things change. Um, but, I mean, where are you on this? Is this still a slump that they're on the verge of getting out of? Or did Friday's game maybe change the way you thought of the club that I know many people were hoping had kind of started to turn a corner in another loss, but certainly a, a far less depressing loss on Wednesday against Edmonton than they had to start off the week on Monday night? Yeah, it seemed like things were getting turned around, but they went right back and. I have a couple concerns. I don't think I don't think I'm. Uh, you know, Paul Murray said he wasn't panicking. I don't think I'm like totally panicking. I mean, look, they're still going to be in the playoffs. They still have a shot. It's not like you know if they were free falling and we're going to totally miss the playoffs after going for first. Yeah, then I think you have have room for that. But uh, I definitely think there's some concerns with the way they've been playing. Um, you know, the lack of goal scoring. I think more so than the defense, which all year has given up a lot of shots. But now maybe they're not getting the goaltending to make up for some of their uh, shot differentials. Um, I'm actually most concerned about their record versus Edmonton this year. Um, you know, they've get, gotten... <laughs> and that's I think not going to change before the playoffs, no matter how yeah. well they play going down the stretch. It seems like that's who they're going to be playing. Uh, they've lost six straight to Edmonton. Connor McDavid has run all over them. That part scares me. I am panicked about them playing the Oilers. As far as the rest of the season... I, I I hope if you get a win, if you lose tonight again, uh, then I I don't know what to say. But last game it was starting to look good. You were up, you know, had the lead. I know BA and Chat uh, put a super chat saying shutout, which was a big jinx. <laughs> Dude, didn't BA, work. BA, and I did say that I was going to tail him, and I took the under home to- uh, home goals minus one and a half. So I actually had one goal that could go in. And B.A. was fired up after the first period. And B.A. sent me a DM that just had a beer emoji and said, two more to go. Well, yeah, it's BA, not. B.A., you need to cease and desist between cashing your tickets after the first period of hockey games. <laughs> Long ways to go, as we unfortunately found out Friday night. <laughs> yeah, okay. Janice, uh, Leighton Janice in chat says, I'm pushing all the panic buttons if the Jets lose tonight. I think that's fair. I mean, they're actually... Believe it or not, us the Jets went losers of is it six straight or five straight? It's I think six, six straight now. It's six straight, the most ever since they moved 
from Atlanta or tied for the most. But they are favored tonight against this Ottawa team. So someone still thinks that they can win. Maybe that's just value for a home dog if you're looking on the other side of the coin. But well, listen, look. I think that we know where the value is tonight. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, I won't be going and backing the Ottawa Senators, but I sure as hell will be staying far, far away from this game, one of 14 that we have to get to when we hit the daily lines for coolbet.com a little bit later mm-hmm. on. It is We had 15 on Saturday, one yesterday, Reem, and now back at it with 14 games in the NHL. It. it interesting some would say a little weird schedule but with the way everything's working this year um i guess we'll have nights like that but um nine games beginning at six o'clock tonight including winnipeg and ottawa yeah so there are a couple lineup changes we've been waiting for adam lowry to make his return he's back tonight he said it was more of a neck injury uh than a head injury which was interesting because it did look like galchenyuk hit him right in the right in the head there but he says he's good to go. Skated yesterday. I posted uh, on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Facebook page, which uh, if you're not liking that, hit, give it a, a like button. Just search for it or it's in the description. Um, and people are fired up for Lowry. People wanted to see some changes on defense. We hadn't seen changes. You know, they kept riding out the same group, the same pairings that they've been throughout this losing streak. But Jamie Ben, or sorry, Jordy Ben, uh, you keep doing that, messing up uh, Jordy. Yeah, you're not the only one, but get it together. Yeah, (laughs) so Jordy Ben, he's coming out. Logan Stanley's coming in. But I have to wonder if you you need to do more to the defensive pairs. They're kind of going status quo. We've seen this forward, Pionk. We've seen Morrissey Poolman. Here's my question. Is DeMello playing with Morrissey come playoff time? Or will will Morrissey be playing with either Pionk or DeMello by the time the puck drops on the playoffs? I would have thought that would have happened by now. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe they do that, you know, at some point before we get to the playoffs. But it's pretty obvious that, you know, Paul Maurice is feeling, you know, a certain way about his group. I mean, there's been plenty of time to do that. And they have played slightly, like a very small amount so far this year. But, you know, whether that has to go that he really likes the four-board Pionk pairing and he's trying to maintain that and, you know, DeMello gives them confidence on that third pairing. That's sort of the way I read it. But again, as you get closer to the games that really matter, um, you know, will he be leaning on four defensemen a lot more than the six that he's had so far? And might that mean that DeMello gets moved from that quote-unquote third pairing um, to be playing with potentially Josh Morrissey up in the top pairing? Listen, I I don't think it would hurt to do that. Although, certainly from the coach's standpoint, especially with seemingly the little confidence that he has and some of the guys that have been on that third pairing up until this point and wanting to shelter them with DeMello, um, I'm not sure whether, whether any of that has changed or it will change in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and we know uh, Stanley, uh, I saw Murat posting that in his latest uh, fire mailbag. Um, I guess fire for the fire takes he was offering. That's why it was called fire mailbag. But he, he listed all the players that Stanley had played against, and it really wasn't, I mean, they've really done a great job of playing him against other teams, bottom forwards, bottom D. He's not playing out against a lot of competition. So uh, DeMello, who's had great results, you know, probably deserves a shot, Huss, with some more minutes on on that top pair with Morrissey. They've gone po- Morrissey-Poolman for a while. Uh, mixed mixed results, and we all know it's been a real tough year for Josh Morrissey. Why not give him a hand with a guy like Dylan DeMello if you're looking to change things up? Paul Maurice opting with pretty much, you know, the same thing, and... Only two really minor changes. Lowry comes in, Harkins out, and I think Harkins has played well. Veselainen going to the fourth line. 
I thought Harkins actually fit pretty well with those two guys. So, I mean, we're talking about the fourth line winger, though. That's the guy doesn't play a ton of minutes. I mean, I don't think yeah, the four, switching up the fourth line winger isn't going to be making the well, difference. I mean, the other night it was, as you said to me, the, Trevor Lewis was the one who scored the two goals on Friday night. Kyle Connor, where's he been the last five games? Um, you know, where have, where have all the other top guys been? So I think scoring goals definitely, you know, as much as we talk about defense during this losing streak, the scoring has really dried up. No, it, it has. And, and to be honest, and why don't we get to, like, I don't want to belabor and spend 20 minutes talking about what a bad loss that was on Friday night. I will say this, speaking of the schedule, um, it was a great thing that the Jets were off Saturday and Sunday. And I'm not even talking about for the team. I'm talking about for the fan base. I think after that game Friday night, Reem, everyone in the Jets nation, if you will, needed to just step away a little bit. Um, maybe uh, maybe give it some time before you looked at to all the post-game content. I was glad that we didn't have a show for a couple days. It was a nice time for a little bit of a break. Because honestly, as bad as the Monday game was with just, I mean, an embarrassing 6-1 loss coming off what happened on Saturday with Mark Shifley, that really did feel like rock bottom. And as we talked about, you know, there were some better signs on Wednesday. Still didn't win the hockey game, but at 5-on-5, they were better. Did a better job against Connor McDavid at 5-on-5. But man, you go into Montreal against a team that has no Carey Price, no Shea Weber, no Gallagher... You get two goals from Trevor Lewis. Your fourth line spots you a two-goal lead, and you're up seven minutes left in the second period by two and lose that game in regulation. Um, to me, Remo, that, the feeling after that loss, while it was different, um, was right there with the Monday 6-1 game against Edmonton. And um, that was not in anybody's plans coming off the Wednesday, getting back on the road, and the way that you know they were up in that game um, you know, it was a different kind of loss, but it was right there on the uh, on the level of disappointment, I think, for Jet fans. Yeah, it was so funny because we had Craig Button on earlier in the day, and he was saying how the Habs, their spirit is broken, they could lose every game. Maybe he was exaggerating for the show, <laughs> but it seemed like there was a bit of a role reversal there where it was actually the Jets team that, I don't, so I don't want to say that, but it was just, that's what the the comments we were getting when I posted out that quote on Twitter leading into the game, that it's actually maybe the Jets. And I don't know if their spirit is broken or not, but you look at their record since the trade deadline where, you know, they were rumored to be in on a couple guys and, you know, they come out of the trade deadline. I don't want to say empty-handed, no offense to Jordy Ben, but it wasn't that top guy like a David Savard or a Matthias Eckholm that a number of uh, people were suggesting the Jets should get. But the team really, I mean, we were kind of joking after the deadline. No, no, the team, that's not the team's response to the deadline. But you look at their record after, it hasn't been good. And you do have to wonder if maybe there is something to it. I know, uh, not to keep referencing Marat's uh, fire mailbag, he was saying their numbers look kind of the same, that basically the Jets you know, aren't getting um, saved by their goaltending uh, like, like they were earlier in the year. And they're still continuing... Well, say by their goaltending, yeah. they're they're also not scoring goals. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yes. I know they had three on Friday, and two of those were from Trevor Lewis. But I mean, before that, you had six goals in five games. I mean, that's not going to win, you know. And listen, your offense will dry up. You'll have a you know, you'll get shut out once in a while, which they did to start that series. But 
Um, listen, the loss of Nikolai Ehlers is significant right now. Adam Lowry's loss certainly did screw some things up, uh, you know, within the lineup. They're still waiting to get that, you know, consistent dominating force that they hope that they got from Pierre-Luc Dubois when he came. And, you know, what? what's disappointing about this last week, one of many things, but in specific to Dubois, was that I think many of us, myself included, and we heard from the coach, really liked the way he looked in those two games against the Leafs. He was physical. He was engaged. He was, I mean, it seemed like he was ready to play that style and brand of hockey you need to play in the playoffs. Um, Some of the Jets weren't ready for that. Dubois certainly looked like he was. But, um, listen, it hasn't been good the last few games. And, you know, they're still trying to find where Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to fit. One good thing, I will say this, Reem, and I like Ehlers with Dubois. Um, the loss of Ehlers really sort of put Dubois into no man's land when they moved Stastny to the center position with Lowry being out. But, you know, we are going to get a chance to see him back in the middle playing alongside Matthew Pro and Paul Stastny on the line because, as Paul Maurice alluded to, he is going back to Old Faithful. We're going to see Shifley with Connor and Wheeler, presumably to start the game tonight. Um, but again, still no sign of Kyle Connor, at least right now, as far as we know, on that first power play unit. So um, a lot of interesting questions about, you know, the, the top six right now, who's going, who's not going, and what does Coach Paul Maurice do to get them going ASAP, like as in the first shift of tonight's game against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious, like now that these are the lines, uh, they're scrolling across the bottom. We had, you know, the Shafley, Wheeler, Connor and Stasny, Dubois, Perot, and then Cop, Lowry, Appleton. Which one is the second line? Is it the Lowry line, or is it the is it the Dubois line? We'll have to wait and see for minutes tonight. But as for the power play, and I'm kind of puzzled by this. I know Kyle Connor, his scoring has kind of dried up the last couple of games. But all year, Kyle Connor, rip, like since the line I trade, ripping one-timers from the right side over and over again. They're feeding him, him you know, perfect shots he's blasting him obviously not you know he's leading the team in goals what team in the league has their leading score is not on power play one is there a team in the league where your guy who is scoring the most goals not on um it's kind of it's kind of puzzling to me that you would do that especially after he was scoring so many having so many chances he's got this lethal shot why isn't he out there Obviously, maybe I'm not it's because a, maybe because he's been yeah. invisible man for the last six games. I mean, maybe, I don't maybe, know, maybe like, the, the Shifley benching was quite obvious. But I mean, yeah. if Mark Shifley can get sat down for 17 minutes in an important game on Hockey Night in Canada, um, you know, other messages can be sent to other players. Now, I, I, I'm just throwing out a possibility. I mean, there's been no public comment. We've asked, you know, what it is. Oh, they're working with some different units. Um, Hey, let's not forget that Nikolai Ehlers has been on that second power play unit all season long. And most would agree that he's been the Jets' most effective and dangerous forward. Again, some of it is fit. But I will completely agree with you that right now, as they're trying to, you know, get things going, returning Kyle Connor to power play one might be good for both the team and the player. Yeah, put him in there. I don't know. Maybe he's not succeeding because they're putting him in a position where he hasn't been all year. I always questioned Ehlers on power play, too, as one of your best forwards. Wouldn't you want to get him more ice time? But that spot on the left side with the left shot uh, seems to be working for him. He scored a couple goals from there. He set up a couple. Um, I like it. But Kyle Connor, I mean, he hasn't played there all year. 
you've put him on the off wing, blasting one-timers, and then you move him to his regular wing on power play two. Um, I mean, I think in that one Edmonton game, though, they only got one power play anyway, so it didn't it didn't matter. But I would think you have to go back to that if you want to get him going um, and try to score some goals. It seems to be the way people are scoring goals. You have you know opposite shots on the on the dots. So you got Chafee on the left side, Connor on the right, and just try to feed him one timers. No, but they're going. They've gone back to a different one, different power play that they hadn't used you know for most of the season with Wheeler on the right side trying to feed all the right shots. Pionk. Uh, who else? Pionk, Shifley, and Appleton, and then Stasny's down low. And they kind of did this before when they had Bufflin, but you've seen the last two years. I mean, we keep Bufflin, I mean, he's not on the team. He hasn't played here for a while, but he comes up every day. And because that's why, because you remember Bufflin on the power play, how much his shot just intimidated people. And of course, his you know physical presence. I am. I do like Neil Pionk being on the top power play. I will say that with the change that they've made. I've kind of thought that that was maybe a little overdue. I think his shot and, you know, I, th- I just think he, he fits a little bit better than maybe Josh Morrissey does. Although Morrissey ran the power play for majority of the year and the Jets were top five for most of that time. So at some point you just have to look at the results. Hey, breaking news. Look who's here. We have a North End Rick sighting in the chat today. The legendary NER, one of the more noteworthy 1290 orphans out there. NER, great to see you. And NER asks, has the world ended yet? Judging by the geniuses on Twitter, it is coming to an end. I'm not sure whether this is a COVID take or a Jets take, Remus, but uh, it could probably be applied. (laughs) It could probably be applied to both. Um, And you know what? It is a great thing. We were talking about this before. I know the coach said that, you know, he was asked, uh, is it time to panic? And, you know, his statement, as it should be, there is no panic in this room. There will not be any panic. He'll let everybody else kind of panic when they are. But going back to the down goes Brown question that we hit off the top, I mean, at what point does a slump become sort of who you are? And, like, where the Jets are right now is in the midst of the worst slump that they've had, you know, really since coming back from Atlanta with these six straight regulation losses for a team that was cruising at 27 wins and only 14 losses in regulation. So I am quite interested to hear where people's level of concern right now is, because as much as we can joke about people overreacting, um, I I don't really know what else the reaction that fans are supposed to have to what we've seen over the course of the last two weeks. It, It is very concerning. And let's face it. I think if you pump, the truth serum into the front office ownership to the head coach and even some of the players. Um, you know, there's some, there's some nervous times right now. Now get a couple nice wins, get back and, you know, try to, you know, get the momentum going forward. Um, I certainly think that, you know, we can see much better from this club. Um, and Remo, let me ask you this 2019, we've spent a lot of time talking about this. They stumble down the stretch there was the game in Colorado where it seemed like they were imploding from within. They had the players only meeting after the game. Um, and then everyone thought that they were pretty much done. They lose the first two games at home of the series against the St. Louis Blues. And at that point, it was seemingly rock bottom. Wow, the season's going to end right away. And then we all remember what happened yet next. They go into St. Louis, win game three, win game four, come back to Winnipeg and we're up two nothing and should have been up three nothing if somehow the Kevin Hayes puck gets stayed out of the line. And honestly, that puck goes in. I'm not sure we're not talking about a very different history for both the Jets and certainly the Blues run. 
Um, so things can change relatively quickly. I think the chances of doing that rise when you are up in those pressure pack situations. Um, but honestly, there are some scenarios, some similarities from what happened in 2019 to what's happening today. I think the good thing is the Jets still have six games left in this regular season before having to doing it with their playoff lives on the line against, you know, the Edmonton Oilers or potentially the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Habs actually catch Winnipeg. They're only two games, uh, two points back right now going into tonight's action. Yeah, that's something to watch for, uh, for sure as well. I mean, Calgary, uh, basically they're done now. Um, losing to Edmonton on the weekend, Mike Smith, uh, putting the dagger on them in their press conference. And we'll see, I've seen, seen some people in the chat here, uh, Jeff Cabillas says his level of concern is eight hot dogs out of ten, and we can get to <laughs> get to that after a lot of you know bring up hot dog and everything. Do you see? And Paul says, do I see the Jets ending in fourth place? I mean, it's entirely it's possible. I mean, I'm not going to say I can predict the future. They haven't won in two weeks, and they're up by two points. Yeah, it's, it's actually I mean, yeah, amazing when that, you when you put it that way. So they're we're, we're in the mix somewhere. right now. Yeah, Certainly it's definitely in the mix for that. Well, let me ask you this. Does that even matter for the Jets? Like, they haven't been able to beat Edmonton. They actually have had better results against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, most of the rest of Canada will be really angry at the Jets if they blow a Leafs-Hab series and Jets-Oilers in round one. But, I mean, for <laughs> from the Winnipeg side of things, um, like, I'm not even sure whether it really matters that much. I mean, I, I hope the team gets third and hope they're able to go up against the Edmonton Oilers, but... To be honest with you, the final standing right now of third or fourth, I mean, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be playing a very good team. And if they don't get it together, the the opponent will be irrelevant because, um, you know, what, what we've seen in the last two weeks isn't going to, it won't even beat the Ottawa Senators tonight. It won't beat the Calgary Flames. So beating either the Oilers or the Maple Leafs, the way the team's playing, just not in the cards. And that's why, um, you know, in a very quick fashion this team needs to figure it out and get back to playing the brand of hockey that you know we hope we were going to see on friday coming off those games against edmonton that just hasn't been there um the one thing that i will say um and 2019 there's so many comparisons for obvious reasons where we are in the schedule what happened with that cleave it does seem and maurice talked about this yesterday that they are a much closer team uh, and I think that's been a focus for the last couple of years because from all accounts, it didn't seem like that was a a group that is, you know, despite what they may have said, was really together. And they did get fractured at the end of the year um, and sort of was a hangover going into next season. Of course, we know what happened with Buff not coming back. Um, so, I mean, I think that they might be as a team set up better to to get through this. Um, but as much as you rely on everyone, it really is time for a couple of the, you know, a few of the top players, not named Connor Hellebuck, to kind of step up, put the team on its back, and uh, and and really, really take over a game. And this would be a great time to start tonight in the nation's capital. Yeah, we haven't really had that. We've had, I think, Ehlers had some awesome games, but you know, I see a lot of people talking about Mark Shifley and his play since the uh, benching against the Leafs. I mean, Mark Shifley, it's amazing. You like. Mike McIntyre put out the poll, who's the Jets MVP? Mark Shafley not exactly coming in uh, as one of the leaders on there. You know, you have uh, Ehlers and and Hellbuck ahead of him. Uh, maybe even, I think some people even voted for Neil Pionk. But, um, you know, until the stretch, he was among there in the top 10 in point scores. Um, but you just, like, haven't seen him take over a game. 
like he did in the playoffs in that series against Nashville. Um, you just haven't seen that from him, and maybe we'll see that. Tonight. You've done quite the quite the yeah. opposite, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the the, the Mark Shifley and what's going on with Mark Shifley has yeah. been. I mean, if it hasn't been asked to us on the show, just go out or just have a conversation with a Jet fan or two. It won't take very long for that to come up. And and yeah, I mean. You know, listen, Connor Hellebuck's the backbone of this team, but much like we saw in 2018, this team is going to go as far as the big guys, led by Mark Shifley, number 55, who's going to carry them. And they certainly need to get him playing with a confidence um, and, you know, and just a style of play that's going to, you know, cut it in the playoffs. And, you know, we've seen some examples over the last couple of weeks that certainly uh, is not what they need. And, well, Paul Maurice has, you know, made his feelings on that loud and clear by a 17-minute benching last week. And, hell, there may have been a few times where he thought about that with Chifley and a few other players, even on Friday night. Um, now, just looking at some of the comments here in the chat, as far as do, uh, are, we, are we looking at for, uh, for playoffs, um, at what point is 2018 the anomaly and not 2019? Um, well, we were just sort of touching on that. That's from Matthew Thompson. Um, we've got rosters too thin for playoffs. Injuries are going to happen. That's from Sean Lishka. Tracy Ukrania, concern, yes. Panic, no. I believe in this team. But, man, 55 needs to stop sulking and play. JB says the Jets are skidding off the tarmac. And then Mark Sports video pops in. What do you call a hot dog bun without a wiener? Um, that would technically just be a hot dog bun, I believe. And, um, well, why don't we get to this, Reem? Because it was kind of funny, and I did laugh when we heard Paul Maurice yesterday when asked if he was a, uh, I guess the question was in re- regards to some of his decisions with lines in the lineup, asking if he was stubborn. He says, I don't believe that I'm stubborn. Um, the only thing I'm stubborn on is condiments for a hot dog, mustard, and onions. Which, first of all, Coach is the correct answer. We know ketchup is for six-year-olds on hot dogs for children. But again, what I thought was brilliant about this, Remus, what it really was, it really was the, uh, the, sh- the shiny object, as it were, because while everyone was freaking out about the team, Maurice knew full well, you put in a highly controversial topic like condiments on a hot dog out there for people, it will be impossible for them to stay on the topic of the hockey team and not immediately be distracted to catch up, yes or no, on a hot dog. And um, and it worked yesterday because I know your Twitter feed and my Twitter feed was a, with a number of hot takes, all pro-mustard, anti-catch-up, pro-catch-up. And um, I think it, it, I'm joking, of course, but uh, it was a nice little distraction that took on a little bit of a life of its own, and it's still continuing with people raiding things out of eight hot dog wieners. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, my I used to go to the uh, there was a, when I went to U of W. There was a hot dog stand out front, and I I think like one month I went there pretty much every day. And I will tell you the the condiment ratings. Uh, you got to go mustard, onion, pickle. That's my go to. I could be talked into banana peppers. I could be talked into cheese. But uh, it is prime hot dog barbecuing or grilling season coming up. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm in full agreement with Maurice on his uh, hot dog take: mustard and onion. I think I just are, loved I love the fact that he dropped it when he did, and um, so many of us just you know again 
the shiny object. What? Wait a second. Ketchup on a hot dog? Of course not. And then we completely back. Anyways, it was a fun little. It was a mm. Sunday. It was a good good thing to get people maybe away from the main topic, which was the six game losing streak, even if just for a little bit. I'm only here to talk about uh, hot dogs. Uh, Kay says in chat, <laughs> I'd kill I'd kill for a seventeen dollar Jets dog. And uh, another Maurice, I would today, too. By the way, you know today he was asked about Billy Hainala because everyone's saying where's. Billy, we had heard coming to the season that he was, you know, NHL ready. He had been, you know, starring at the World Juniors. He'd played, was playing in Finland. Uh, he was asked about Hainala today, and Marat tweeted, um, he does think we'll see him again because if he did say there would be a rotation between Billy, Stanley, and Ben. Billy got in for a game, then went to Ben, and now Stan- Ben for three, now Stanley is back in. But then he started talking about. Logan Stanley and uh, how he looks good when he's on his game. So really didn't didn't address, and he needed to see Jordy Ben play. So kind of a little tiptoeing around that uh, hang on yeah, question. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think it's pretty clear right now. I mean, there's a pecking order, there's a depth chart, and unfortunately, to the chagrin of many that would like to see Billy Hanel in the lineup, he ain't ahead of Logan Stanley, and he's not ahead of Jordy Ben right now. And that I uh, just is just the way it is. I mean, people may not like it, but that is where it is. I mean... Heck, he went in, played the one game, thought played pretty well. They won, and we haven't seen Billy Hanel since, and I don't think they've seen the win column since either. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to it than bringing in a rookie defenseman, and I think it might even be unfair for people to think that, oh, play Billy Hanel, and then it's all going to turn around. But considering the problems that they've had on the blue line um, and what he's done when he's been in the lineup, I get why people would like to see, especially now in some games before we get to the playoffs, um, you know, a little bit more of Billy because, man, you get a couple guys hurt and all of a sudden you're forced into playing him and he's played, what, one NHL game and a couple, you know, Moose games in the last, what, two months? Not going to be a great situation. But, um, listen, I totally understand why people are talking about it. We're going to continue talking Jets right now. Get your takes in the chat here with us live on YouTube. Do want to thank our great sponsors at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into... The vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not Team. And if you're already in a vehicle or in a lease, they'll help you move out of that one with their consignment program. Pop over and see them, Waverly and McGilvery, or check them out online at not.ca. And it is officially Pizza Week. Well, I've got something uh, that LBJ's got going on with Pizza Week tomorrow on the program. But today we're going to let you know about the California Shrimp Pizza that is available at Boston Pizza Charleswood at 3894 Grand Avenue and all 11 BP Winnipeg locations by calling 925-4111. This thin crust creation starts with a light pesto base. Add saputo mozzarella, savory prosciutto, cherry tomatoes, crumbled chevre, and tender shrimp. It's finished with a citrus-tossed arugula, and that is California love. It pairs great with an ice-cold pineapple mango Vizzy. Um, and again, you can get those at um, BP Charleswood or at all 11 BP Winnipeg locations. We should give a congratulations to Taylor, who won our Walking in Memphis pizza last Friday from Boston Pizza. I'll tell you what, why don't we do the same thing again? We're going to give away a large California shrimp pizza. Um, so right now, go to your Twitter before the end of the program. Tweet at Sports Talk WPG. Uh, just put in California or shrimp, 
and tag Boston Pizza Winnipeg at Boston Pizza WPG. We'll pick a winner at the end of the show. Tweet it out later on. And once again, congratulations to Taylor for joining us, uh, for winning, actually. Um, she's always joining us, as well as so many of you with us here. So, yeah, at Sports Talk WPG, California, Boston Pizza WPG. We will pick a winner a little bit later on. All right, Remo. Um couple of other topics we wanted to get to. Uh, Laurent Brassois starting tonight. Um, it's his third start in the last month. There has been a pretty heavy dose of Connor Hellebuck going lately. Apparently, this was a predetermined start for Laurent Brassois. Um, how important is it for Hellebuck maybe to get a little bit of rest, but then to get right back in the net and try and get right along with the team getting right in front of him? Yeah, and I've said all year, like, I don't get why Brossois isn't playing more. I mean, he had that poor game against Calgary, but other than that, I, he's been very solid as a backup. But he only plays against Ottawa or on a back-to-back. seems like other teams are using their goalies more. I don't know if Hellbuck's getting burned out or what with this uh, tough schedule, but I think he's earned a bit more playing time than he's gotten. And we'll see how he does tonight. I and I think they're just going to keep rolling Hellbuck. I mean, this is a good good break for him. Uh, I mean, they played Friday, so basically what five day break. But at times yeah. you have the break, and they say, "Oh no, we were rusty. We had we had a long break." So uh, I like it. I mean, I'll see Brosois. Maybe we'll get him into some more games. I mean, they're playing the Sens again on Saturday. I mean, throw him in there for a rematch, and then they have the back to backs. Monday, Tuesday, give Hellbuck a couple days off. Rest, uh, I mean, get Brossois in a couple of games. He's been solid. Uh, I like Brossois, so uh, give him a shot here. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But again, like, give him a shot to what? Like, you're going you're gonna to play him again if he plays well? What if he gets a shutout? Oh, no, I'm not supposed to say Exactly, shutout. even if he does. Like, what are you going to do? Say, hey, Connor, we're going to sit you again? I mean, no, that's not happening. I mean, I mean, unless for any reason, and I am not even 1% there, that you think that, well, let's give the guys both a chance to play before the end of the season. Who's ever playing better, go in there. I mean, that's a no, great way to alienate your Vesna Trophy goaltenders. So, um, listen, Brassois is a great backup. If they need him, they'll use him. Um, but right now, I think you give Connor Hellebuck the game off, give him a little bit of rest. You get him back in in the next game. And then you see where things are at. I would expect that Brassois will probably get another game before the end of the season, just depending on rest. But you know, you have to think that this is all about getting Connor Hellebuck into the best headspace he can be, playing as well as he can, and hopefully the team also does the same over the course of the last half dozen games. Oh, Dennis says, uh, "Well said, Hus." Well, the Jets uh, do Thank play. You, Dennis. They play a back-to-back next week uh, in Vancouver. Sorry, at home with uh, against Vancouver. So I'm assuming he would start one of those two games, and probably that would that would be it. Uh, I did. While he Dennis said it was well said, one thing I didn't do well was uh, pronounce uh, prosciutto. Uh, Joe from Winnipeg has let me know it's prosciutto, not prosciutto. Uh, noted. I'll have that for some more great reads on the Californian shrimp pizza for. Boston Pizza going forward, Joe. Thank you very much for uh, for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> had to get into it. Um, but anyways, I'm looking forward to seeing what Brassois can do tonight. And that, you know, he is a guy that has played well in just about every game this season. Other than that dud he had against Calgary, he's been really, really solid this year. So if he could come in and have a strong game tonight, I think the team could really use that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, 
you just have to hope that the team plays better in front of him than they have against Connor Hellebuck over the course of the last six games because anyone that tells you that this six-game losing streak is because of goaltending isn't watching the games. No, I agree. I mean, all year, the goal, I don't think you can blame, except for maybe like one or two games where they've had. I mean, the goaltending has carried the team. Um, and, I, yeah, there's not much more you can say. I mean, and especially during the stretch, it's mostly been the offense that's gone cold, which has been solid all year. And, again, against Edmonton and their six-game losing streak to Edmonton, I think they've scored seven goals. So they got to find a way to figure out Edmonton. But if they keep sliding us, they may not even play Edmonton in the playoffs. They could be up against Toronto, who they have had success against. Although Toronto really did uh, push push the Jets around, and they're getting that reputation as a dirty team and a bunch of bullies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have one more chance in the regular season to take on Toronto, and then we'll see whether they actually do Go head-to-head with them coming up in the playoffs. Hey, we've got a great crowd in here. Mike McIntyre is going to join us in a few minutes. Um, if you're in here right now, please do us a favor. Hit that mm-hmm. thumbs-up button, the like button. And for new people that maybe hadn't seen Winnipeg Sports Talk, we do this every day live on YouTube at 1 o'clock. Make sure you're subscribed to your favorite podcast feed. Yeah. So if you don't catch it on YouTube, you'll get it in your inbox in around 3 or 3.30. But if you are here, do us a favor Hit the subscribe button. You'll get notified when we're going live, and it helps us big time as we as we grow. We are we're inching closer and closer, Remus, to four thousand. Who knows? Maybe we even get that for the weekend, and then we have a we have a big celebration on WST. Yeah, some big milestones. We did hit over the weekend. It was yesterday. Uh, we've been doing this just under two months. This is the show number forty, so uh, we're eligible to get a vaccine in Manitoba now. <laughs> but. <laughs> But <laughs> but we hit a 100,000 total views, uh, which is a pretty cool milestone. So uh, I can't believe 100,000 people have tuned in at some point or 100,000 times. Uh, obviously not. It, there's a unique view, different number of unique people, but uh, pretty incredible. Uh, only for two months and we're here. So thank you, everyone. Uh, for tuning in. Yeah, hit hit the like button. This is and that that helps as well. And subscribing. We're, we're closing on a 4K. All right. Um, if you've got any particular Jets topics or questions yeah. you want us to throw around with Mike McIntyre, do that right now in the chat. Uh, I'm going to hit a couple of non-hockey topics for a minute before Mike gets in here. We've had a ton of people asking me, but Split's asking, Paul's asking me about Aaron Rodgers. What's my take on Aaron Rodgers? Well, my take on Aaron Rodgers is that uh, kind of everyone has known that he's one of the biggest prima donnas in the NFL maybe quietly, now everyone has absolutely no doubt. Um, Listen, that was a, um, listen, I guess he's doing what he's trying to do to get what he wants. Um, The look, as far as hijacking the draft, sucking all the oxygen out of the room before all these young men hear their names called, uh, where it's all about Aaron Rodgers, was predictable to some, distasteful to others. Um, But this is a huge problem for the Green Bay Packers. And if you're asking me, is he going to be the starting quarterback week one for Green Bay? I would say yes, but will he actually be there and be behind center and taking the snaps? And that one, I cannot guarantee. I mean, they're in a terrible position if they have to trade for Aaron, uh, trade Aaron Rodgers. Although, big picture, at his age, with the ransom that Green Bay would get for him, like, I don't know that there's any way you're a better team in the short term if you do it. 
But man, if you're getting back a couple young, great players on rookie contracts, three first-round picks, a couple other picks, you could maybe make the argument that big picture, long-term, they'll be better off. Um, Bottom line, though, is that Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. He has a few great years left left, uh, in him. And he's also got some pretty incredible offers and opportunities outside of football. So, you know, he could just take his ball and go home. And that would be an absolute disaster for the Packers. So, you know, I I don't know where we're going to be in a month on this. Um, Listen, I know that Aaron Rodgers does not mind everyone talking about him 24-7. I'm sure he was loving that, you know, and then goes to the, the Kentucky Derby and does the red carpet and, Everyone, you know, was all about Aaron. So, hey, he um, he's played his cards right now. We'll see what Green Bay does. Uh, I've got a lot of good Packer friends that are not very pleased about this and the way that it's all rolled out. And some will blame the front office. Some will blame the quarterback. But the big winners, at least right now, all the snickering fans with the Bears, Vikings, and Lions, the rest of the NFC North that's been sort of taken over by Aaron Rodgers over the last few years. Um, Great stuff. We'll maybe have some time for more uh, NFL talk later on. We will do a big wrap of the draft and the big stories coming out of the weekend. But today, with everything going on in the hockey team, you knew on Winnipeg Sports Talk it would be mostly Winnipeg Jets talk. There was one great golf story. Well, there was a couple. Sam Burns won on the PGA Tour at the Valspar after a close call earlier this year. Um, and of course, for all of our golf reports, we do for Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Find out more about Breezy at breezybend.ca and how you can get on the waiting list to be a full playing member of Winnipeg's Elite Private Club next year, breezybend.com. Um, Mike Weir, back in the winner's circle. And uh, Reem, get in here for a second on this. It was amazing. If you caught any at the end, he was going head-to-head with John Daly on the Champions Tour, who's got an amazing white beard. Daly will make an incredible Santa at the end of it all uh, when he's all done. Um, But there was a lot of people that said, Mike Weir can't wait to turn 50 so he can get out there on the Champions Tour. It didn't take him very long to get a win. Um, Been a great couple weeks for Canadian golf with Brooke Henderson becoming the winningest Canadian golfer of all time last week. And then former Green Jacket winner Mike Weir back on top and um you know you know what a big part of canadian golf he is everyone pumped when we see great things from mike weir yeah mike Weir. remember him uh, from the masters remember him from those uh commercials back in the early 2000s um yeah i mean he had some struggles there i remember he'd be at the masters every year and near the bottom but he's kind of picked it up in the last couple of years so my twitter timeline was definitely uh definitely exploding there yesterday afternoon hey you got to tune into this tune into mike weir i was like oh my god uh so good good for him that's pretty cool champions tour don't you just wish they had a champions tour for like hockey like we could see like timu Solani and pavel burry out there come on right well if you told me that those guys were going to be there absolutely um you know, like, do I want to see, like, a full season of NHL alumni games? Probably not. But, you know, I mean, if you maybe did a fun weekend tourney or a made-for-TV thing with some of those old stars, you might get me to tune in for a period or two. But, <laughs> I mean, it's not – I don't think that that's the, a big growth thing for how hockey's going to win by getting 50-year-old, 50-plus uh, NHL stars in a new league. Although it would be great if they went out there and played like they were still 22 and just completely intense. Oh, Matthew uh, Thompson says Yager would be the 10-time heart winner. Of that. 
That's true, Matthew. That's true. <laughs> Guy's still uh, going, pushing 50, still playing out in the Czech Republic. Unbelievable. Love it. Love it. So it's it's amazing how the golf does have, like, it's the only sport where you're, like, have the all the old guys over 50 now, you know, putting around <laughs> on the Champions Tour. Mike K., isn't the Champions Tour what takes place every Thursday night at the Highlander? Yes. Uh, yes, you can say. Just the, the thing is, the Thursday night skate at the Highlander, at least the Champions Tour has previous champions. The Thursday night is that maybe we can become champions in the 50-plus beer league, if you will, um, that's playing out there. Yeah. Hey, rec hockey's hey, great. The more people playing, the better. I I would love to get – I haven't played since uh, October here, so I would love to to get a game in. Uh, Mike texted he's two minutes away. One thing I want to get to, Mike did retweet this. And I think we're all, I know every Jet fan has secretly has like a point total tracker. One side, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the other side, Lionel Rosselick. Everyone keeping track of the day-to-day, how it's going. And uh, here's the latest, uh, Patrick Lionel listed in on the fourth line with Nathan Gerby and uh, some other guy. And it's amazing um, how poorly... It's gone for him. It's you think it can't get any worse, and he's on the fourth line. I mean, this guy, he should be a fifty goal scorer. I mean, if you took him in a fantasy draft before the year, you probably spent maybe a third round pick, maybe more, if you get bonus points for goals. If you you know have more points for goals, uh, very sad. I don't know what happens with this guy, but fourth line, Hus, that is where we're at, and I think Rosovic was in on on the second line. Erickson, boy, do I regret saying Line for Rocket now. I mean, hey, going into the year, the guy that has scored at a very high level before, you know, put in the right spot. You never know. Obviously, he ended up getting traded earlier on the season, and it has not gone well. And, you know, this offseason for Columbus, is before we get back to the Jets, is, um, I mean, what happens with John Tortorella first and foremost? Presumably, they move on from Torts just with what's happened this year. Um, and then, you know, contract for line A, is it a one-year deal just to kind of see if you can work something out and then sign him to an extension? I mean, do they make a big push to do it? Is he thinking about signing an extension based on the last year that he had? Probably not. I mean, timing is everything and the timing for that contract is terrible. Um, and then how do you replace some of the other players that they've lost? Um, namely Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then you add in David Savard, you add in Nick Felino. Not a lot left right now. And you, know, you wonder whether there's just a complete reset for the Columbus Blue Jackets and what that means. I have a feeling that Jack Rosovic's going to definitely be in the long-term plans. Um, but again, Patrick Liney's going to have a lot to say about you know whether he wants to stay there long-term. And for Kekalainen, who paid a pretty big price to get Liney there, if it's not going to work out, you need to you know make the most of the asset um, and a trade for Line A, another trade for Line A would be fascinating, but that'll be something that they can obsess about over in uh, in Columbus. We did plenty of that for the last year. Not that everyone won't consistently be going back all the time to be talking about, um, you know, whatever became of that trade. All right, we've got uh, Mike McIntyre coming up to join us in just a couple minutes. I've got to thank Nick. I think Nick was popping in here. Nick from Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, Northgate, Polo Park, and St. Anne's. Mother's Day is coming up. 
you know what mom would love? A DQ cake. Or, you know, maybe, you know, some dilly bars, maybe a flamethrower burger. Not sure what she's into, but that certainly would uh, add to the weekend. I know you can't have the big gatherings, but I'll tell you what, um, there's no there's no rules against a DQ cake for your party. So why don't you do that? And find them online, by the way. They put all four together on one Instagram feed at DQ Manitoba. So give them a follow. You can see promos that they've got going on there, as well as maybe just slide in an order right to it. And, of course, Royal Sports. Um, I was amazed. I mean, I love that draft hat that I was wearing on Thursday and Friday. I mentioned it a few times on the program, and we had, I don't have them in front of me, but I know we had a Cardinals, a Packers, a Vikings um, of listeners that went down to Royal, picked those up, and then tweeted us that they got them. Um, nice work, guys, and we appreciate the support. Always love hearing you on social media, supporting our sponsors. So thanks very much to do that. Again, you know, spring is here. Not too nice outside today, but if you need bikes, fitness gear, soccer, baseball equipment, just some new kicks or some new streetwear to wear in one spot. You take care of all of it, Royal Sports 750 Pemina Highway, or as well their other location at 650 Rally in EK. All right, let's get back to some Jets talk. We made you wait a little bit to bring in our special guests, but the wait, always worth it, with Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. What's going on, boss? How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, see if Paul Maurice's crew, to quote Paul Maurice, can quote play their asses off tonight. That's what he says it's going to take to break this uh, six-game losing streak against a a Sens team that uh, is not going away quietly. That's for sure. They they're a stingy bunch. Hey, listen. Before we get to tonight's game, I I have to ask you because I struggled with this throughout the weekend. Uh, first of all, thank God there was two days off without a jet game. I think I'm sure the team needed it, but I think the fan base probably needed it as much as they did. Um, and we'll see what happens tonight with the hockey club. But having a couple days to kind of go back, rewatch Friday's game, Mike, I really felt that Monday was rock bottom for the team. Um, just, you know, the way that they were embarrassed on home ice by the Oilers and, you know, things... You know, you could watch the Wednesday game and thought, okay, you know, maybe they're on the verge of turning the corner. But to think that they got a two-goal performance from Trevor Lewis, had a two-goal lead late in the second period, well, seven minutes left in the second period, against a struggling team that had no Carey Price, no Shea Weber, no Brendan Gallagher, I'm not entirely sure that Monday was rock bottom right now because I can make an argument for different <laughs> reasons that Friday was right up there with that stinker in Winnipeg on Monday night. Hell of a week, wasn't it? Uh, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, you, you forgot another point, Huss. I mean, the Jets got gifted a late power play with a too-many-men call. Uh, the game's tied at that point, right? And not only did they squander that late power play, they then negated it, took a penalty of their own, which, of course, led to the game-winning goal. Like, everything that they could have done to shoot themselves in the foot, they seemingly found a way to do it. And I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think just based alone on on the enormity of this situation, a Montreal team that they could have really kind of put out of sight in terms of catching them for third place – to kind of vomit all over themselves as the Jets sort of did uh, as that game went along. Uh, that was a, a low point in the season for sure. 
And uh, I mean, good thing we didn't get hit with like a snowstorm on Saturday and instead had a nice 21 degree day because Jets fans uh, would have been inconsolable, I suspect, based on how the weekend started. So it's a new week. Us, we'll see if the Jets can uh, can get the the ship uh, back afloat. I guess uh, forget about even pointed in the right direction. They gotta they gotta get some of this water off the ship before it sinks here. And uh, the Ottawa Senators, uh, you know, a good start tonight. We'll see if the Jets can uh, can can kind of put that horrible week behind them and and start fresh. Uh, so what did you hear from the Jets and the coach on the weekend, Mike? I think a lot of people maybe just sort of needed to get away a little bit. Obviously, the media yeah. team got back to practice yesterday. Um, you know, the coach has a ton of experience, and he has pretty much seen it all. Um, but I don't think that helps sometimes in situations like this where, um, you know, there really aren't a lot of answers other than seeing the team look within and right. find it in themselves to be a hell of a lot better than they've been. You say Paul Maurice has seen it all. You know, one thing he hasn't seen, Huss, with this Jets team is a six-game regulation losing streak. They've never done that. Good point. Uh, so we're in uncharted waters, just to keep on the the boat and the float or the sink theme, theme here. Um, a six-game regulation losing streak. I, I don't know that anybody had that in the cards for this season, not with where the Jets were. Not, I mean... All year, it seemed we were talking about this team's bounce-back ability, uh, that they hadn't lost more than one game in regulation until quite a ways into the season. Well, all of a sudden, now we're talking about a a six-game streak, and uh, you know the wheels have come off in that sense. But yeah, I think the Jets—they had Saturday off. They traveled to Ottawa. Um, you know, they got back to practice yesterday. I'm sure they're feeling good that they get Adam Lowry back in the lineup tonight. Um, you know, the Jets have looked at times extremely porous uh, in a number of, of areas. So getting a, a guy that is your shutdown center back maybe can can kind of shift the lines back to a little more balance. Now we're going to get Cop and Lowry and Appleton reunited. And that trio had been really, really good when things were going well. Um, you know, we get the re- United trio of, of Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, and I know there's a lot of strong feelings about that. I like what it does potentially for Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, he'll play with uh, um, with uh, with Paul Stasny, of course. And, you know, I think for a Jets team that's looking for anything to really spark them, Lauren Brassois is going to be a net tonight. Things have not been going well for Connor Hellebuck as of late. So I think this does present an opportunity to try and just reset they've got six games left starting tonight they still know that you know they're they're very comfortably in a playoff spot uh calgary losing to edmonton the other night certainly helps in that cause if the flames had won and maybe there's a little more heat than than expected on the jets so uh, i think they have a chance here to kind of reset and and get ready for the last you know 10 days or so of the regular season starting tonight yeah, well, I mean, it's the funny thing, Mike, is that, you know, we were, you know, at the beginning of this streak, um, you know, it was a disappointing game. And then you get into the Edmonton games and you're realizing, well, wait a second, now it's three games, now it's four right. games. And it, these are all first this season because, to their credit, through the first 80% of the campaign, um, they bounce back consistently after right. poor efforts. Um, or not poor efforts, but after losses in generally, anytime there was a poor effort, they came back with a legitimately strong effort, I thought. And 
now we're at this point in the season, Mike, where we're getting close to the games really being for all the marbles. And for the first time, it's like they haven't been able to get right back to what they were doing before. And, you know, we can talk about Adam Lowry. We can certainly mention Nikolai Ehlers. But honestly, if one or two of those players goes out, I mean, Montreal seemed to find a way on Friday night without Carey Price and Gallagher and Shea Weber. So, um, you know, and listen, they haven't been using those as excuses. One could say, oh, you know, the roster's not quite as good. Well, sure, that's fine. But, I mean, the Jets haven't even been in some of these games. And no. the one that they have been, um, it's really been, you know, a lot of times self-inflicted as to what has started They've been kind of masters of their own demise, I guess, is what I'm get, getting to say. And that that's the first thing that basically needs to needs to stop. Yeah, and I mean, all season we've been talking about the depth, especially up front on this Jets team. And so losing one or two guys to injury, as important a player as Nikolai Ehlers and Adam Lowry is, that, that isn't supposed to, you know, kill this team because they're supposed to have the depth um, you know, we were talking not that long ago about the Jets being the deepest team in the NHL, not just in the Canadian div- division when it comes to their forward group. So, yeah, that, that should not be a fatal kind of issue. And yet it certainly seemed that way. Um, but, you know, I think the Jets, they, they're saying the right things. Now they got to do the right things. Um, they, they have the skill in this room for sure. Um, and, you know, you don't want a six-game streak as bad as that is to turn into anything more because I don't think there is a way just to flip a switch come playoff time. Like you've got to find a way here in these last six to start doing some of the things that, that, you know, we've seen flashes of in the past that this team can do well. It's probably not going to fundamentally change, you know, whether they finish third or fourth and whether they play Toronto or Edmonton, it's going to be a tough task no matter what, but that task gets a hell of a lot tougher if they limp into the playoffs playing a terrible version of hockey like we've seen as of late. So that's why it's so important, not so much for the the standings and the points, but just for the frame of mind to get things back on track. Mike, I will not suggest for a second and that this team is suffering from some of the uh, internal combustion that took over the dressing room on by right. some accounts in 2019. I mean, I, I, full, I fully believe Paul Maurice that this group is – a more together team. We heard Andrew Kopp saying, you know, when we win, we all feel like we've got a piece of the wins. And now that we're losing, we all feel that we have, you know, a piece of the losses right now. But I have to ask you from like the guys that have been here for a while, the leaders on this team, the Blake Wheeler, the Mark Shifley, how are there flashbacks right now of what happened to this team two years ago at the end of the season? And um, from that standpoint, how urgent is it really beginning tonight that we start seeing signs of life from not only the club, but especially the guys that really, you know, in addition to Connor Hellebacher, you know, have paid the most, have the most responsibility and have the most opportunity to sort of, I don't want to say put the team on their backs, right. but lead the way with this turnaround. Yeah, I, I first of all, I agree with you. I don't think this is a team they're not turning on each other there's not factions in the room and those were issues for sure in the past um you know and and there was division among this group i i don't think that's been the case this year and and it wasn't the case last year either this really is a tight-knit uh group and you know i think they all genuinely like being around each other they like playing for each other and they do hold each other responsible so that being said, um, you know, losing will bring out some bad feelings for sure. 
And I think there's been some troubling things we've seen on the ice uh, from some of those highest paid guys, whether it's Connor Hellebuck springing a leak that we kind of haven't seen a whole lot of. Certainly Mark Shifley, I mean, obviously he got benched. Uh, I think we've seen some things, though, in his game, Huss, even in the game since the benching, that are a little troublesome. Um, you know, the shifts sometimes still are too long. Um, you know, people are questioning the effort at times or the body language just doesn't look great. And, you know, a guy like Mark Shifley, they can't afford to have Mark Shifley just be a passenger. He needs to be a guy leading leading the way. And so, for sure, let's hope that that this has been maybe a wake-up call for everybody, right? That uh, nobody expected this to get to the point that it has six games now and counting. Uh, and it's brought a lot of attention on this club that uh, I'm sure a lot of it is is unwanted attention, uh, but they do have the ability in that room to go out and change the narrative, and and it starts tonight, and I would say it does start with some of those highest-paid players who have to be a lot better than they have been and have to start you know, doing the things that they're counted on to do. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have to agree with you on that, Mike, and um, you know, maybe the most concerning thing about this entire last week has been the response reaction to what we've seen from Mark Shifley in these three games since the benching. I mean, I, for one, went into Monday night's game thinking that we were going to get a Jets team that looked like they were shot out of a cannon. And to be fair, I actually liked the first 15 minutes of the game on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I thought they played quite well. I thought they had the speed. I thought they generated some chances. The way they reacted to giving up those two goals, though, at the end of the first period was incredibly disappointing. And from there on in, the team absolutely, absolutely looked lost. But, you know, when you have such a a rare card played by played by the coach to a star player that, for the most part, has almost never been sat down in a pretty public way, you're doing that hoping that you know, you're going to get that sort of thing can go one of two ways. Yeah. And I would suggest so far it hasn't gone the right way for the Winnipeg Jets. And that is incredibly concerning with six games left. Yeah, you're right. They haven't lost the player and, and, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't packed it in, but Mark Shifley hasn't looked quite right. And I don't know why that is. Um, you know, uh, it's something that I guess only he knows really the answer to if, if the frustration is just getting too much, the pressure, whatever the case is, um, this is a guy who the Jets really need. And we saw it last year in the bubble, right? Mark Scheifele goes down third shift of game one and the Jets never recover uh, because he's that important to this team. Uh, and I think he knows that and and uh, that's no secret. So Mark Scheifele, you know, he's seeing what the Connor McDavid's and the Austin Matthews are doing. And he's talked a lot about wanting to be in the conversation with those players, wanting to be seen um, in, in a similar light. And, you know, the, 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 the spotlight has gotten a lot brighter here as of late, and it's going to get even brighter as the Jets go into the playoffs against Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews in round one. Uh, and again, if Mark Shifley, just like anybody, if they think that they could just flip a switch – uh, and and all the things that they haven't been doing right will suddenly reverse themselves. I think they're in for a rude awakening. So uh, that's I'll be I'll be watching Mark Shifley closer than just about anybody tonight to just see what we get from him because the Jets need a lot more. 
Well, and, and you know, I'm looking at the at the chat. Um, uh, you know, Shifley goes without saying, such an important player. People are looking at him. Many people have takes on Blake Wheeler's season, and I think we know that he was hurt earlier on, came back, played better. But you know, maybe they, they need more from the captain. Sure. The one guy that up until now has sort of been free for the most part of the majority of criticism because he, frankly, has been so damn productive, and I think people sort of know the player that he is, is Kyle Connor. But I, I, let me ask you, Mike, I mean, you know, he has been um, less than effective at times um, invisible out there, um, has had a real rough week just when it yeah. comes to simply holding on to the puck and winning battles. Um, which, I mean, again, is not his forte, but again, you know, if every time you get the puck, it's going on the boards and it's going back the other way, that really hurts an offensive team. Um, what's happened to Kyle Connor over the last little while, and you know, what do you make of him not having a spot on the top power play despite all his production? I was surprised to see him taken off the power play. Now, I'll say this, Hus, um Paul Maurice talked, and, and we don't know the specifics. Of course, we're not traveling with the team, so... We're not at practice. I believe the Jets shuffled some pieces around on the power play yesterday. I don't know if that means that he's back on power play one. I, I'm guessing there's a good chance he is and that we'll see that tonight. We know he's back with Shifley and Wheeler on that top line. So my guess is that Kyle Connor is probably back to that top power play unit. That being said, you're right. There's another guy, and I go back to that game last Monday, and his body language when he gave that puck away to Connor McDavid near the end of the second, that was bad enough. Even worse, though, was the hustle, and I put that in quotations, uh, on the back check. There, there wasn't any. It, it, he just looked resigned to, and, and I get that it was near the end of a shift. But, I mean, Huss, we've seen this time and time again. When an NHL player makes a grievous mistake – they're usually the guy that is hustling harder than anybody because you're trying to show everybody around you, like, my bad guys, uh, I'll, I'll try and, and recover. I didn't see that at all. And I guess even more troubling, I didn't see anything in the third period of that game. And I haven't really seen much the last two games either to suggest that that is lit a fire under a guy like Kyle Connor. So you're right. It goes beyond just Mark Shifley. We single him out. He's a high paid player, but Geez, Kyle Connor is actually making even more money. And in a lot of ways, he scores more than Mark Shifley. He's very valuable as well. Uh, the Jets uh, do need more. It can't be as great as getting two goals from Trevor Lewis is. If that is, if you're living or dying on whether your fourth line is going to come through with a couple of goals, uh, you're not going to be playing very long into the postseason. No, I'll agree with you on that. But at the same time, you better take advantage of when oh. your fourth line steps up with a couple goals like that in a game that you need it on the road. I mean, I, Mike, that second goal went in for Trevor Lewis, and I sort of laughed to myself because I just finished up on 960 in Calgary, and I'm watching the game and following, catching up a little bit. And and I literally, I was by myself, but I said, man, that you, know, you were asking about what could help turn this thing around right now. How about an unexpected game from your fourth line, chipping right. in with two big goals right when you need it, when everyone else is going cold? And, um, man, the reaction to that overall, the way that game finished out, the way the third period played out, and you almost just knew. You mentioned the penalty on the too many men. I mean, once that got evened up and it's, oh, what, there's going to be a minute 15 of power play on the other way? 
you could just almost feel it. For a team that up until the last couple of weeks had been having some improved success on the PK, you knew that that was going to seem like uh, a very, very uh, almost an impossible task, and it was. And, um, you know, that, and that's just why I get back to the frustration, why it was so probably so good that people had a couple days off, because yeah. that is the sort of game that so many things that they sort of need to have happened did happen, and yet it still ended with the same result, a very disappointing one. Color me surprised, Huss, that uh, we didn't get a... I, I figured the Montreal game winner was going to come combining several things we've seen this year. I figured it would come in the last second of the third period, <laughs> and it would come off a bounce off the stanchion at the Bell Centre. Since we've had two of those go in, figure just it'd be a perfect storm of putting all of that Scored together. by Joel Armia. Right. Yeah, why not? Uh, why not? Uh, hey, at least uh, we got a couple days off. At least we found out... Uh, we don't know if this is going to help the Jets win a game uh, or not here tonight or going forward. But at least we found out what Paul Maurice likes on his hot dog, uh, that he is a onion, uh, mustard and pickle guy and not a ketchup guy. And let me just say, Huss, I haven't agreed with a lot of Paul Maurice's lineup decisions. I think Billy Hanela should be in the lineup. Uh, but I do agree with Paul Maurice on his lineup when it comes to hot yeah. dog condiments. It was uh, absolute all-star ingredients there by the coach. No, it was a great it was a great hot dog take. And and I Rima and I had some fun with this a little earlier on, but it was absolutely genius because <laughs> he just kind of sprinkles, sprinkles that little nugget in. And being the experienced coach, there's a lot of things he could have said that would have just been overlooked. However, when you put something as controversial out there as ketchup right. on a hot dog, yeah, it is. A, it's like a fire starter for hot takes everywhere. And for a few minutes, we were back to being distracted talking about delicious grilled hot dogs, sure, and not about a struggling team that had lost six games in a row, Mike, and a Jets team that has been dogging it a little bit <laughs> as of late. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of the great Peter Warren uh, once told me a long time ago uh, when I was doing uh, my, my crime radio show. Let's get right down to business. Right. But he used to have his his ingredient on a on a slow day. Nothing to talk about. If he wanted the phone lines to light up, he'd throw something out about uh, a dog walkers not picking up dog poop after their dogs. <laughs> and that was sure to get a reaction. And Paul Maurice kind of went down that road right it wasn't dog poop it was hot dogs but for sure i mean that was something that got the got the masses talking and a bit of a distraction from his team so it was a veteran move uh, all that was missing is for him to start the debate about whether a hot dog is a sandwich which by the way it is uh, uh it, it actually that's true it is um, well, potentially tomorrow, maybe the pineapple on pizza thing will be brought oh. up as well. I mean, then. Well, if they have to go, if, if they've lost seven in a row and, and we get into pineapple on pizza, then uh, yeah, it's going to get real ugly uh, before long. By the way, pineapple, uh, yes, uh, if it's with ham. No, if it's with anything else. <laughs> Mike McIntyre with this here talking jets and uh, the odd hot hot dog take. Um, you wrote about Cole Perfetti on the weekend. Yeah. He uh, today was announced as the AHL's Player of the Month, or was it Rookie of the Month? Rookie of the Month, yeah. Well, he probably could have been up there for Player of the Month as well, the way he was playing right now. Um, he Loose Player of the Month, for sure. A absolutely brilliant month of March. Um, 
he still is a very young, well, I'm not sure whether he's yet a man, if you will, in Jets terms yet, but he um, he's certainly shown that he can do a lot on the ice. You pontificated that maybe at some point before the end of this season, a call-up for Cole Perfetti is in the mix, or should be. Tell us. Should be, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't bet that it happens, but I think... It, it should happen. And, you know, it, what got me thinking about it last week was that the Jets were about to face a young Cole of their own in in Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens, who, by the way, I thought was terrific against the Jets on on Friday night. And then he carried that over on Saturday, scored his very first NHL goal, his first NHL point. And it was an overtime winner on Saturday night for the Canadiens. Um, you know, Cole, Cole Caulfield is one year older than Cole Perfetti. And the, I get that the Jets don't necessarily like to rush their young guys, although they did give Billy Hanela a brief look at the start of last season, which seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and that was more out of necessity because of the Bufflin situation and they had some injuries. Um, but that being said, uh, to me, a Jets team that's looking for a spark, a Jets team that was struggling to score goals. Uh, they, they only had six goals in their five straight regulation losses prior to the other night against Montreal. They did get three in that game. So I guess they've got nine goals in their last six. They're without Ehlers. They were without Lowry. I just wondered if now was not the time. They don't have to. The pressure wouldn't be on Perfetti to come in and save the day. There's openings in the lineup. You could put him in a more sheltered role. He wouldn't even have to play center. You could slide him in on the wing. Um, I just thought maybe the time was right for a team looking for a boost, a spark, any sign of life. And, you know, I stick by that. This is a guy who is playing very, very well in the second best league in the world. Um, you know, a league that he wouldn't otherwise even be eligible to play in us, if not for the fact that the Ontario Hockey League didn't have a season this year. Uh, so whether or not he gets sort of a courtesy game or two, I'd lean towards probably not, but it won't be because he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, no, I, I'm not for that. I, especially, I would say, considering that Nikolai Ehlers is out of the lineup right now. And, like, listen, I, I don't know whether it makes sense. Oh, okay, Cole Perfetti, we're going to get you into a game, and here you go. You're going to be skating along the wing with Lewis and Thompson. I mean, is that going to be a spot where Perfetti right. is able to show what he can do? Probably not. Um so maybe during this time that Ehlers is out, if there's another injury or something like that, you could squeeze him in. Um, but I think that any any appearance in the lineup beyond a reward spot when the couple guys getting rested um, yeah. would be because a guy like Nikolai Ehlers doesn't come back or there's another significant right. injury to offensive players in the top six. Because let's face it, when per- Perfetti comes in, um, you know, plugging him into a hole that he'll never play in the National Hockey League. There's probably another, and this goes back to Maurice's thought about roles for guys. That's not a role that makes sense for Cole Perfetti. If you're going to no. play him, put him with some guys, and let's see if he can score at the NHL level. So, you know, and I thought a, a perfect spot might have been uh, the other day they had the the line Dubois with Perot and Veselina, and I thought, okay, well, maybe you bring him in, maybe he plays with Dubois and Perot on that third line. Those lines have changed now, of course, with Lowry coming back in. Lowry, Pop Appleton's back to the third line. Plus, I just keep coming back to our interview with with Kevin Chevaldeoff after the trade deadline, where the only ad he made was Jordy Ben, and we asked him about, 
you know, whether that was enough, that, that this Jets team needed something more. And Kevin Cheveldayoff, I think, raised some eyebrows where he talked about maybe that the help we needed or we need is already here and just hasn't got the opportunity yet. And he talked about the moose. And I think three players specifically came to mind, Billy Hanala, Dylan Sandberg, and Cole Perfetti, arguably their three brightest prospects who are all playing for the moose. So what's happened since that comment by Shovel Day Off? Billy Hanala has played one game and it was a victory in Toronto, the last game the Jets won, in fact. Uh, Dylan Sandberg has not played at all for the Jets and Cole Perfetti has not played at all for the Jets. And it does make one wonder. I mean, yeah, Veselainen and Harkins have both got in a little bit here because of only because of the injuries to Lowry and Ehlers. But was that what Kevin Sheveldayoff was talking about? And I guess the question is, if you're not going to take a look at that, at them down the stretch here, you're not throwing them in cold in the playoffs, right? So I just wonder, is that ship already sailed? I actually asked Paul Maurice earlier today, specifically about Billy Hanela. Hey, is he going to get another chance here? And Paul Maurice indicated that, that there's a good chance that, yes, he will get in one of these five remaining games after tonight. Logan Stanley comes back in tonight. Jordy Ben is out. Uh, but I just wonder if, not to suggest there's a disconnect between the GM and the coach, but it is interesting that what Kevin Sheveldayoff said, I don't know how much of it is really being acted on in principle by, by Coach Paul Maurice. Well, the funny thing about it is, too, when it comes to that, is that you're exactly right. He came in, you know, played 13, 14 minutes, didn't look out of place. They beat the Maple Leafs. Right. And we haven't seen him since then. And, I mean, the one thing Maurice has said on more than one occasion is he doesn't like to break up a winning lineup. Um, the thing We haven't broken up the losing lineup, no. but the winning lineup got broken up pretty darn fast. To me, Sandberg and, and Perfetti aside, that's the head-scratcher to me. And to be clear, the Jets didn't beat Toronto that night because of Billy Hainala. Um, just as much as I won't say they lost the, the next six games because of Jordy Ben and or Logan Stanley. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That being said, Paul Maurice talked about a competition. He talked about a rotation and he specifically named Hanela Ben Stanley. Well, Hanela got in for one game in that rotation, in that competition. And he hasn't seen the ice since in the six games that have come and the only game they won is the one he played. And it, it it just makes me wonder what kind of rotation is there really? What kind of competition is there really? Um, you know, it might just be an example where uh, it was it was more talk than really anything else. And Paul Maurice kind of has his mind made up about what he likes and maybe what he doesn't like going into the playoffs. And it would seem to suggest that Billy Hainala is probably not going to be in the game one lineup rightly or wrongly, uh, when the Jets face the Maple Leafs or the Oilers? Well, I think it's a pretty easy assumption to make. And, I mean, hey, you know, there's we've had plenty of time over the years to talk about Maurice, um, the way he will, you know, deciding between one or the other, more often than not, go with a veteran player, go with somebody right. with more experience. And, you know, I think that has been quite apparent as they've given Jordy Ben every chance to sort of fit into the lineup, show that, you know, maybe he can be a guy that the coach trusts more than the two younger players through yeah. whatever fault of their own, if there is, from just being being younger. 
Um, so what's at stake for Logan Stanley tonight? I know we talk a lot about Billy Hanala. I think it's very safe to say that Stanley's ahead of Hanala right now on yeah. the depth chart. Is this a chance for him to come back in tonight? Remind Paul Maurice of the player that played very well, very consistently when he wasn't getting taken in and out of the lineup and maybe make a case for him to stick around a little longer than this one game tonight against the Sens? For sure. And Logan Stanley spoke today with us about that, that he he's putting some extra pressure on himself, that he um, this is an opportunity and he absolutely wants to be in the lineup for game one of the playoffs. And, you know, I think he just has to look how the last few games have gone that Jordy Ben now granted he was the newcomer and the guy that Paul Maurice hadn't seen or had seen the least of even less than Billy Hanel of this season. Right. So wanted to get a look at him. And again, I I'd say Ben has been okay. Uh, he hasn't been great. Hasn't been awful. Uh, that being said, the team hasn't got the results that you'd like. So uh, this is a chance for sure for Logan Stanley, who, more, far more often than not, I've really liked what Logan Stanley has brought. I love the fact that he puts every puck humanly possible on net. I don't think the Jets do that nearly enough. They they are so guilty of trying to get too cute. And even, I think, back to the Montreal game Friday night, Huss, even when the Jets had a two-goal lead, there were other chances where they passed up shots because they, they overpass at times. So I love that Logan Stanley just puts his head down and on that and that sometimes creates chaos and opportunity they need a, a little more of that and of course his size you know the the games we know as the, as you get closer to the playoffs and certainly in the playoffs uh, you need some physicality and some size the jets will get a lot of size and physicality back tonight with both lowry and stanley that's two big men coming into the lineup we'll see if the jets can uh, can play uh, a big way uh, as well now uh, Mike McIntyre with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, there has been a lot of talk about the coach, and I mean, that happens, especially when you've been uh, the coach as long as Paul Maurice has been. There'll be people that love you. There'll be people that can't stand you, and that's just part of the job. But I am interested in your thoughts at what is at stake here for Paul Maurice over the course of the next six games and into the playoffs because, I mean – for anyone that thinks that they're, you know, lose tonight, they're going to make a coaching change. I mean, <laughs> that ain't happening. You know, we're not going to see Kevin Cheveldayoff pull a Lou Lamorello yeah. and gas his coach and get behind the bench for the last few games of the season. And um, so anyways, we're not going there. But right. for a guy that does have some term left on his contract, um, if things don't get better, and certainly hopefully they will from my perspective, but... Um, what, what what will this do to the coach going forward? I mean, will it be more about the players and what happened going forward? Or will that be the first time that maybe they take consider uh, like a, a significant look at doing something? Or would they, is it just not even a non-starter? Because especially in today's economic times, it would almost be hard to stomach paying two coaches at a time when you don't even have fans in the building. Right. I don't think it's a non-starter. I think... I think the seat is warm. It's not nuclear hot. Um, I'll say this. If, if the Jets finish this year out, Huss, on a 16-game losing streak, that is the next six <laughs> regular season games, which, by the way, the Jets could lose these last six, and I still say they'll make the playoffs. I, I don't think they need another point at, at this point in time uh, because Calgary would basically have to win out or Vancouver would have to win out. That's not happening. Um so 
you know, but if, but if the Jets go, if they limp into the playoffs and then if they are quickly eliminated in round one, like four or five games, I'd say the seat gets even more than, than warm. It probably gets hot. Now, does that mean that maybe some assistants, you know, Charlie Huddy's been here a long time. Uh, Did they look at bringing some other assistants in? They just brought Dave Lowry, of course. Jamie Compon was added to the staff, like since Maurice was hired. So there have been other tweaks, other ads. I think it would for sure require a hard look at the systems that they're running and whether uh, they are in need of a complete revamp, that, that they are in tune with the way to the modern game is being played. The other thing that's, that's so unique us to this season, the Jets are going to go back to the Central Division next year, right? So like the, the whole style of game and maybe what you're coaching and what you're trying to do this year in, in a more wide open offensive division, I mean, that's going to have to change again next year. Um, so I do think that there's a little more rope there to work with because this year, regardless of how it turns out, is going to be viewed as a unique one-off. It's a one-off for many reasons. As Paul Maurice has reiterated, and these are not excuses, the Jets won't have played a single road game this year in their own time zone. Held most of their home games this year haven't even been at normal start times. They're playing 9 o'clock games and 8 o'clock games and 6 o'clock games at home. Um, so I, I just think that a decision, a rash decision, will not be made almost regardless of how this season plays out short of a complete implosion, like I said, a 16-game losing streak to finish it out. But for sure, it would require some long, hard looks in the offseason at what needs to be done to get this team, this organization back on track. You know, you just got me thinking there, not to go back to Vili Hanel and belabor this point, but if Vili can't get in this year in the offensive North Division, oh, right. are they going to trust him next year to play significant minutes on the Jet Blue Line in the Central? Well, and, and you look, I mean, it's hard to gauge because Central Division teams are kind of spread out everywhere this year, right? But you look, I mean, Colorado, obviously, powerhouse. Minnesota looks to be a team uh, that, that is very much uh, a, an emerging team, right? I, I would put Chicago in that category as well as a young team uh, that there has a lot of pieces. They have the veteran pieces as well, but Chicago could be very good as well. St. Louis is St. Louis. I mean, Nashville, hard to say where they project to be kind of here going forward. Dallas off their cup final. You know, so everybody's kind of in different stages right now. And then they're going to get Arizona joining the Central. Uh, but we do know that the Central is a certain style of hockey. And we haven't seen a lot of that style this year. And it does make one wonder, would the Jets, as they are currently constructed this year, how would that translate in the central this season and certainly next season. And we don't know the answer to that, but we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. Mike, this has been awesome. I tell you what, I mean, I could just keep rolling for another hour with all these jets topics, but I know you got to get ready. Let me finish with one other question. Yeah. Um, so it's six in a row. We've kind of went through all of the concerning things we've seen over the past couple of weeks. They're now into Ottawa tonight. What, in your mind, what is at stake tonight, if anything? And what are you, what are you looking, what are you paying most closely attention to tonight in the first period and throughout the game from the Winnipeg Jets to give you some signs that um, there might be brighter days ahead? 
Yeah, for sure. How engaged is Shifley and Connor, two guys we talked about, and Wheeler as well. To the, that line's back together. Um, I, I, how engaged are they in the game early? What, what if, what's the body language? I mean, obviously the production isn't there, but I, I want to see like what, what does the effort look like? Um, how are they carrying themselves? And because they, how they go will determine a long way of how, how far this Jets team goes. Hey, we, we wanted the Jets to be playing uh, meaningful hockey in May, right? We haven't been able to say that. The calendar <laughs> says we're in May. I don't know that the circumstances are quite what we expected. And Haas, I don't know that anybody would have thought the Jets would have a meaningful game in May against the Ottawa Senators. How weird would that have sounded? Uh, if you had told people that a year ago, I think people or two years ago, you would have assumed that that meant the Jets were in, in the Stanley Cup final against Ottawa, maybe. <clears throat> uh, so unique circumstances for sure. But yeah, this is a team that, doesn't have a whole lot of confidence right now. Uh, so I'm curious to see uh, just what the body language is like because it hasn't been very good over these last couple weeks. Uh, whether they score the first goal tonight or get scored on first, it would almost be more interesting if they gave up an early goal uh, to see what the response is, right? Early in the year, that never phased the Jets. In fact, they almost played their best hockey when they get down. Lately, though, when things start to go wrong, they really start to go wrong. And so at the first sign of adversity tonight, does this team panic or do they show poise? And uh, I think what the answer to that is will go a long way to telling us not just tonight's result, but here in the immediate future. Well, and I'll tell you what, I mean, considering the opponent that we've got in the Ottawa Senators tonight for the Winnipeg Jets, um, it, the one thing that we know is that you want two points out of the Ottawa Senators right now, you're going to have to earn them, and you're right. going to have to work for it. And, and that's one thing that DJ Smith has really instilled in his club, and it's been a big part of why they've been such a tough out and won so many games over the second half of the season. And, um, you know, the Jets, I know you look at where Ottawa is in the standings, and you think, oh, maybe this will be an easy one. There's no easy ones against the yeah. Ottawa Senators this year. I look at the last time Ottawa was in Winnipeg, uh, the, that game looked like it was on its way to being a route after two periods. Ottawa nearly came back and tied it in the third period. Uh, they, You're right. They don't give up. I've been so impressed with what DJ Smith has done. It starts with guys like Brady Kachuk, who, you know, we've seen Ottawa a lot this year. To me, a guy like Brady Kachuk, he plays the same way. doesn't matter what the score is. He's finishing every check. He's running around. And they got a lot of young guys with that mentality. And that bodes well. I mean, Ottawa is going to be a team to be reckoned with in two to three years when some of these kids really start to mature and then maybe they can make some other free agent ads or be a trade. They they have the pieces here to be a really, really strong team for a number of years. We're just seeing it in its infancy. And the Jets would be wise to take a page out of the DJ Smith Ottawa Senators playbook when it comes to 60-minute effort, going hard every shift. These are lessons that a much more talented Jets team would be wise to heed based on what Ottawa has been able to do this year. Mike, really appreciate you joining us today. It was a great conversation. We'll do this again soon. Um, I imagine watching the game tonight, but um, anything uh, that people can look forward to from you in the next couple of days in uh, the old local fish wrap? Well, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually writing on the game tonight as well, but I'm doing something on the Villa Hanala, the derotation and competition that to me 
hasn't been much of a competition or a rotation. So sort of expand on what we talked about here uh, on that issue. And then later in the week, uh, I'm going to have something on the fish, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. They get their, their season started later this week, spring training, that is. For a second straight year, they're going to be doing it uh, far away from home. This year, it's in Milwaukee. going to uh, catch up with Rick Forney later this week, and uh, I'll have something on the fish as they, they start a second straight uh, spring and summer away from Shaw Park. Let's hope that the COVID numbers, though, get uh, in check, and maybe at some point this year, we can welcome the fish back to Shaw Park. Amen to that. Mike, have a great one. Enjoy this game tonight, and let's uh, do this again soon. You bet, Huss. Take care. Enjoy. Appreciate it. There he is, Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press with a great Jets segment. Man, awesome turnout today with us live today in the YouTube. If you haven't already, hit that like button. And uh, if you're not already having hit the red subscribe button, what are you waiting for? Definitely hammer that for you. We uh, greatly appreciate it. And you'll be able to join us coming up in future shows as uh, it'll let you know when we go live every day for Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Remo, um, there was no doubt today coming out of Friday that this was going to be a heavy jet dominant show. Um, it has literally been that. We've certainly heard from the folks in the chat room today and uh, great stuff from Mike McIntyre on a number of topics as the Jets go in and try and end this streak tonight against the Sens. Oh yeah, great uh, great catching up with Mike. Lots to get to. There's a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts, whether it's the defense rotation, the forward lines, um, you know, we even talked about Cole Perfetti, if he's going to get some time in the goalies, the coaching. So there's so much to get to, and we've seen a packed house in chat all day. So thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in and uh, posting your thoughts on the team in the chat. It's awesome to see everyone's different opinions. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, it could, oh, we meant, talked about hot dogs too. Hot dogs. Don't uh, well, for that. sure, we got into some hot dog takes. I mean, you know, we were you're not getting that sweet change up right down the middle of the plate from Coach Paul Maurice without taking a yeah. few swings at it. And everyone knew, has a take on hot dogs. That's the one thing. It is a universal. Uh, it's polarizing. It's controversial. And everyone, everyone has a take on hot dogs. Even people that have gone vegan will still look back to their days as a hot dog eater and fire up a take on those topics well they have vegan dogs oh jared says i put ketchup on my hot dogs what are you going to do about it we'll just say that it's not say, not the play just wait just wait till you're 13 or 14 jared and uh you know you might uh, end up you know changing your ways <laughs> i don't <laughs> maybe he's past 13 or 14 we're open I'll it's say, in all all ages in here it's, uh, it's i'll say good. this i'm so done with uh, food shaming anyone about anything or or shaming them for... Look, if you want to put ketchup on it, fine. Like, I, don't, I don't really care. I guess it's just fun for internet outrage purposes. But I don't know. <laughs> yes. If people want to do... Is that more what it is? Just like it being fun to be mad online? Like, does anyone really care what they put on a hot dog? Well, you know what? Listen, I, I'm a, a stickler for the rules, Remus. And I have gone to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council for guidance on this topic. And it says right there, ketchup is an appropriate condiment for children. But, you know, once you, <laughs> once you get to be a big boy, it's mustard. And, and no one's even talking about relish, which to me is the most slept on condiment of all. Big relish guy on a number of things. But as I said, if it's just down to one, give me mustard on the hot dog. Um, let's get to the cool bet lines today. Uh, a massive game in the yeah. National Do you have enough time? Hockey League. 
Yeah, 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 no doubt. We might not go through all of them. You're going to bring um, out Jericho's list to read those yeah. lines. <laughs> the list is certainly long. In the North Division, we'll start with the Jets and Sens. All lines available at coolbet.com. Jets, minus 154 favorite. Sens, plus 130 at home. You've got the Leafs and Les Canadiens. Uh, Leafs, minus 172 on the road. Habs a home dog as well, plus 145. And a little bit later on, the Oilers look to officially clinch their playoff spot. They're a big road favorite, minus 217. And the Canucks, plus 180. So some big home dogs in the North Division tonight. Um, Some of the other games of interest around the league. This will be a great one. Minnesota hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. Minnesota, a home dog, plus 106. Vegas land minus 125 on the road. Um, You've got Pittsburgh as a big man. There's some heavy major home dogs tonight if you like betting those. Uh, Philly plus 145 at home against Pittsburgh, minus 172. Uh, the Caps, minus 115, favored on the road at the Rangers. Rangers, minus 102, a slight home dog. Uh, Boston, massive favorite, minus 250 over the New Jersey Devils. Avalanche, huge road favorite, minus 278 against the San Jose Sharks. And the exact same thing, I guess that's tomorrow, Islanders against the Buffalo Sabres. But we'll get to those ones tomorrow. Um, Remo, just your thoughts. Uh, what were you expecting the line to be? And are you surprised the Jets are minus 154 on the road in their current state? Yeah, that seems that seems high. I saw Chris uh, B. Critter in chat saying, I'm a sucker, I'm betting on the Jets again. As we were all on, on the Jets Friday, even going as far to bet them to have a shutout. I mean, yeah, the, the infamous gold- claim by bus split. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at my at my DraftKings lineups. I don't. The Jets had an implied goal total of like three point four. I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger on them, but I definitely think it's plausible. There's just so many games that you know maybe you'd be better off going with the McKinnon line or, or the McDavid line. But um, I don't think I'd be betting on the Jets. One team you want to look for um, the Rangers, as you said, home dog. The Caps. They don't have Ovechkin tonight. I don't think they have John Carlson either. So. Um, the Rangers goalie, Shesterkin, has been very good, strong numbers, so maybe that's a place you want to go if you're throwing down. BA says, bet on the Jets, easy dollars. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, like, <laughs> like, you'll never find more confident people in chat about a team that just lost six in a row than in here, and that's why we love uh, having everyone in here and chatting. I, I love it. Well, you know what? To finish up the program, once again, we want to officially welcome our new sponsors, Assiniboia Downs. We are two weeks away from the beginning of live racing out at the track, and we'll have some uh, daily picks, our wagers going on it. We'll get after it at HPI Bet. And uh, again, you know, here we have the incredible 1919 flagship brand of Little Brown Jug Brewing. Great to have them on board. And I will be sporting this hat at some point this week, maybe even tomorrow. But today, and Rios, get back to this two-shot. Today, this might be the best looking that the two of us will ever be on the same day as we both had fresh cuts this morning. So it was not going to be a hat day. And I'm not sure in Winnipeg Sports Talk history of the first 39 shows that we've done, I don't know there's many days where both of us were not wearing hats, but it was like, it's like school picture day or whatever. We had to get, you know, you got the little brown jug shirt. I'll rock the hat maybe tomorrow. 
Um, but you know what? When when we cleaned it up the way we did coming out of the weekend, we had to put on a, a great face with the new cuts for today's show. Yeah, I got this shirt now, really comfortable black uh, little brown jug. I, they do have a number of beers that I'm very into. There, I think it's their golden ale, the gold can, uh, is excellent. So uh, now that we have Monhus, we can afford uh, what? Like I can afford to get my hair blow dried before every show. So I'm no more hats. Uh, I'm done. I don't need don't need he's to got wear a, them he's anymore. Got now a stylist. We've hired a stylist. I got a at stylist. The command center. <laughs> I'm going to be dressed in only. I think you have a DQ hoodie waiting for me that uh, I'm waiting to wear. So uh, I'm set. And we have had a number of people actually uh, comment ab- about Little Brown Jug and many of our other sponsors. As you mentioned, a couple people. Uh, Hefeweizen right there. I learned how to say it. Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen, yeah. There you are um, flashing the cans for everyone listening on on podcasts. But I know where people over the weekend uh, tweeting at us that they went to Royal and picked up the lids, um, the draft caps. So uh, pretty cool. Thank you, everyone. And I know a lot of positive response on our our Facebook and Instagram announcing the – New sponsors, so oh, uh, people very were exciting fired. stuff. People were super fired up. I mean, listen, I mean, we've got incredible support from the people that have been with us from uh, the start. I think everyone knew with uh, the guys doing the show, the people that watched the show, it was a natural to get a uh, a beer partner with us and to have one of, if not the top local brewer in town with just an amazing spot over on William Avenue. It was, uh, it's been great. So yes, welcome to Little Brown Jug and Assiniboia Downs. And of course, oh. not Autocorp, okay. Nick and Nicky DQ, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, our friends at Breezy Bend Country Club, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, and Cool Bet Canada with our lines. We could not be doing it without yeah. you. Uh, but an official great welcome to ASD and Little Brown Jug. Definitely. Before we go, everyone put in your um, predictions in chat because someone always has some out there prediction. When it happens, we're like, hey, didn't someone actually say that this was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, and we can go back to the chat and see it. Uh, no, none better than Gregory's 9-8 prediction a few weeks hey, ago for the uh, so, for that game that everyone thought, my God, he's onto something. When the there was best five one was the first five minutes. Last week against Ottawa, the Monday game, uh, I forget who it was. They wrote, my prediction, pain, and, like, wrote 5-1 <laughs> Ottawa. So, we've had, you know, people throw in some crazy predictions, and believe it or not, they're actually close, and we think that they're nuts. So, everyone's throwing them in chat. We do we do appreciate it. And while you're in it, uh, you know, if you're on mobile, close the chat, hit the like button, and if you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. I know 35% of the 300 people in here are not subscribed, so... Come on, what are really? you doing? That hit, means hit there's like button. 90 or 100 people that haven't subbed. So, yeah, let's get on this. Join the wow. uh, join the WST team, and let's see you back here tomorrow and Wednesday and again after that. And if you miss yep. the show, just make sure you're subbed to the podcast so you can listen to it afterwards. Yeah, I'll have it on, uh, have it on quick. I know we are like – we were top 10 on the iTunes chart before. We were like number 12, so uh, pretty crazy we to were see top all the great 10. Podcasts. We were top 10. We were number 12. This is why you didn't go forward with the accounting side of uh, your original. I said we were top 10 earlier, but now we've slipped to, to 12. <laughs> oh, well, let's get I'm us getting. back up in that top 10. Let's get up back yeah. up. Um, yeah, so. You know what? Let's see. I'm just going to go grab one of these tweets. How about Tracy? Tracy, shrimp sounds good. California shrimp pizza at Boston Pizza WPG. Tracy, well done. You are our winner of that pizza. We'll send you a DM afterwards and get your deets. And uh, you can get that at Boston Pizza coming up for Pizza Week. I know on Wednesday, we'll be giving away the playoff pizza flight. 
be looking forward to doing that. And um, as I said, pizza all week. I mean, every week's pizza week in my world, but um, it sounds like there's got a lot of uh, interesting, unique creations around town. Um, but make sure to check out those Boston pizza ones. Uh, we'll get Taylor's report on the uh, the Memphis kicking chicken pizza, and uh, Tracy can come back with a report on the California shrimp pizza that she just won on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Game time tonight is 6 o'clock, everybody. Um, don't forget afterwards, the IC guys will be going on YouTube, as will Kenny and Rennie. CGOB's got pregame coverage beginning at 6 p.m., and Kelly, of course, will be back on the air afterwards with all of uh, the latest coming out of the dressing room, as well as Coach Paul Maurice. So we'll have a lot to talk about, good or bad tomorrow. Fingers crossed that we'll be discussing a one-game winning streak and not a seventh consecutive loss, but only one way to find out, and that is 6 o'clock tonight with Dennis Bayak and Kevin Sawyer. They'll have the game for us, and we'll be back at it tomorrow here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily at 1 p.m. with a full rundown of tonight's game, a look ahead to the rest of the week for the Winnipeg Jets and some more talk from around the National Hockey League and so much more. Thanks to everyone for joining with us. Subscribe, hit that like button before you're on your way out, and don't forget to make a point to meet us back here 1 p.m. tomorrow, live on YouTube on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily to break down Jets Sends and look ahead to Jets Flames. Have a great night, everyone. Enjoy the game, and thanks again for being with us and for all your support. Oh, my God! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.